When you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. That's pretty important, right? Luckily, I've put together the Ultimate Marketing Metrics Checklist, which is a free resource that will guide you through tracking and analyzing the most crucial metrics for your business. And let me tell you, I'm going to keep it simple but effective. From evergreen data and revenue generation to podcast metrics and social media growth, this cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today, tailoring it to suit your business-specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode 207. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Hey there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Today, I have a special guest, and his name is Hobie Porterfield. So Hobie, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. (laughs) This episode is extra special because we are going to do a rapid fire 20 questions. So let me set it up for you. About a week or two ago, I asked my audience to send in questions in advance for a rapid fire 20 questions, but the hook was that I couldn't look at any of the questions in advance and Hobie was the only one that got to look at them. And then he went through all the questions and he chose his favorite 20. So I haven't seen them, right? You have not seen them. There were a ton of great questions. So it was actually really hard to narrow this down. Was it? Okay. So be easy on me. I'm a little nervous that you're going to ask questions that will make me feel very uncomfortable. Oh, this is so exciting because you're (laughs) definitely going to be uncomfortable on a couple of them. Uh, You guys can't see us right now, but we're sitting very close to each other. It feels very awkward. Last time Hobie was on the show, I made him go in the other room and use his own mic because he fidgets the entire time. So do you think you can kind of get it together here? Yeah, but I'm definitely going to fidget. Oh, great. Okay. So here we go. I'm going to try to keep my answers really tight unless I kind of have to elaborate because we don't want a super long episode, right? That's correct. Okay. Now, actually, now that I think about it, some people might not know about you if they didn't listen to that other episode. Do you want me to give you a proper intro? Sure. Okay. So my guest today is Hobie Porterfield. Hobie Porterfield is the most handsome husband (laughs) of Amy Porterfield and the father of Cade Porterfield, who is our 15-year-old son. And we live in Carlsbad, California. Hobie's a San Diego firefighter. He has huge muscles. (laughs) He was a Navy SEAL, and he's a very handy man, and he can fix just about anything. You're fidgeting, and they can hear the paper. Oh, yeah, I'm fidgeting. They can hear the paper rattle. Yeah, so don't rattle the paper. Okay, so there's your intro. Do you like it? That was a great intro. Thank you very much. All right, so let's get to it. 
All right, that made me feel completely disarmed and I'm completely ready to proceed. <laughs> All right, so I get to ask you questions and you're going to have to answer them. Yes, I am ready. <laughs> oh, this is so good. Okay, here we All go. Right, here we go. Question number one. How do you find a family and business balance without losing your sanity and feeling guilty? Ooh, this is an easy one. I find my balance because I married a man that makes it very easy for me to find balance, meaning, and I'm really not just building you up right now. You never give me a hard time for working too much. You're very patient when I've got to work longer hours. And you also speak up when it's too much. Would you agree with that? Yeah. So when I push it too much, I work too many weekends, I'm working too many nights, you'll say, I haven't seen you. You need to close the computer. We need some time together. So you're pretty vocal in that as well. Wow, that's a pretty good answer. Right? Here we go. Question number two. Will you give in and move or retire to Tennessee? Inquiring <laughs> minds want to have. Do you have names for these people? Yes. Okay, who asked that one? That was Chantel. Chantel. Okay. So am I going to give in to move to Tennessee? I think yes. I was talking with a girlfriend today and I was telling her, I really love this idea of getting a lake house in Tennessee. And the funny thing is, Hobie looks at lake houses online every single night. Would you agree with that? Every night. (laughs) So we have to wait till Cade graduates high school, which is in about two and a half years. So we've got some time, but I think it's going to come. So Nashville, we're coming for you. Yes. Porterfield (laughs) Compound. Question number three. What was the best vacation you ever had from Tracy? Oh, Tracy asked this one. Okay. Best vacation. I would say our best vacation was at the one and only in Mexico. Would you? First or second time? I actually loved the first time. We've been there twice. And the second time was amazing, but we had already known what to expect. The first time when we went outside and we had a little mini pool on the balcony overlooking the ocean, we've never had anything like that before. So would you agree that was kind of amazing? 100%. Would that have been the vacation you would have chosen? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't know if I would say one for sure, but definitely there. Okay. All right. Next question. Can you share with us about a challenging period of your life and how you got yourself out of it? Oh, I think when I think about the business, the most challenging time was when you decided to become a firefighter, you quit your general contracting business and you went into training. You had to go back to school for your fire science. And then you went into training with a bunch of 21 year olds when you were in your late thirties and you weren't making any money. And I was so afraid you were going to hurt yourself. Remember you would get out of bed every morning and I'd say, I wish I could wrap you in bubble wrap every morning. So, and your back would hurt, your joints were hurting, like you were in bad shape, but you kept going. So it was the most challenging time because my business was just starting and we weren't making a lot of money. We were actually getting in debt during that time. I was trying to get the business going. You were trying to become a firefighter. Cade was still really young. I really never want to go back to that time. Yeah, I would have to agree. (laughs) But we made it through it and look where we're standing now. Yes. Nice. It's funny when you ask these questions, your voice gets very, very deep and sexy. Oh, yeah. Are you trying to be like that? It could be. Okay. I'm trying to be an interviewer. (laughs) Okay. Don't use an interview voice. Your real voice is not coming through. So can you try? It's kind of my real voice. Okay. A little bit. All right. Next question. If a work-life balance is important to you, how can you tell if you're getting it right? Ooh, that's a good one. I think... I know when I'm getting it right, 
when I wake up in the morning and I feel happy and you and I are happy in the morning, like we're talking to each other, we're having a good time, we're getting our coffee, like things feel light. And when we go to bed at night, they still feel light and like there's not a heaviness around us. And when Cade is happy too, when Cade's getting good grades, he has good friends, he's enjoying stuff in school. Like when Cade's happy and you're happy, I feel like I am winning at life. You're winning at life. (laughs) All right. Next question. How did you pick your dog's names, Gus and Scout? Oh my gosh. Okay. So Gus was never going to be named Gus. Do you remember what he was going to be named? Yes. What was it? You say it first. Okay. Let's say it together. One, two, three. Bates. You didn't say it. Would you have said it? I didn't say it because I keep forgetting this name. Oh my gosh. So Gus was going to be named Mr. Bates because at the time that we got Gus, we were obsessed with Downton Abbey Abbey. and we loved Mr. Bates. And so we were going to name him Mr. Bates, but it was just weird. And every time you called him, it was like Mr. Bates, Mr. Bates. It didn't really. No. And I always, if I said, if I had a little boy, I would name him Gus. And since we don't have children of our own, I thought, well, if I'm never going to have a baby, then maybe I can name my first dog Gus. Gus was definitely my first. So we named Gus. And Gus kind of acted like an old man. He did. Gus sounds like an old man name, which I love. And then Scout, the reason why we named him Scout is because right at the time that we got our dog, we also got a, what is it, 1970? 1970 International Scout. Yes. So it's really cool, convertible. We love it. It's super like our little beach ride. And so we had gotten this International Scout, which is this old car. And so we just wanted to call our dog Scout as well, which then now it gets very confusing if you're like, hey, you want to go in the Scout? Yeah, that Scout, sounds let's weird. Let's go in the Scout. Come on, yeah. Scout, Scout. <laughs> All right. Next question. What does a typical day look like for Amy Porterfield? Mm. So just for the record, not to pimp my other episodes, you wouldn't know this, Hobie. Hobie does not listen to my podcast. That would be weird if he did because he's not in the internet space. But I did an entire podcast episode a week in the life. So we're going to have to link to that. You don't know this, but there's show notes and you link to other episodes when you mention them. Oh, <laughs> You're learning all this well, someone stuff. Someone told me I was really good in an episode that we did before. <laughs> so, so there you go. So here's the deal. A day in the life typically looks like this. I usually have some kind of live video to do or just a recorded video. Would you agree? I'm always, always. doing some kind of video. Every time I'm ready to do a video, why don't you share with everyone what you tend to do? When you share a video? No, when I am recording a video downstairs, what do you tend to do? I usually go in and out of the garage, which is the exact wrong time to do it. Oh, and he flushes the toilet. And we have the loudest toilet in the world downstairs. I was going to, oh, we're sharing it all today. So Hobie goes pee every time I can hear him pee and I could hear him flush the toilet while I'm recording a video. Would you agree? That's true. That's true. (laughs) For some reason, when you start talking on a microphone, I got to go to the bathroom. I don't know what it is. I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. So, I usually record some kind of video, whether it be an Instagram video or something for Facebook ads or a Facebook live like I do in my groups. So I'm always recording some kind of video it feels like. And then from there, I typically am working on some content for the podcast or for the new program. So I'll sit down and literally write content, work on outlines, all that good stuff. I tend to always have one meeting check-in with somebody on my team. So that typically happens. And if I'm just thinking about work stuff, then I spend a little time in Asana, which is our project management tool, to go over tasks that I'm working on and making sure I'm on track. 
So those are some of the things I do work-wise. I always get up in the morning. If it's a day I'm working out, I'll work out first. And I tend to get up before the boys, right? So always up before the boys. So I'll get up maybe 5, 5.30. I love that whole hour or hour and a half before anybody gets up. I'll drink my coffee. I'll do a little work. Usually I like to do writing or outlines or content because I'm best in the morning. And then the boys get up. I do the mom stuff if I need to, which truth be told, I tend to not need to when you're home because you do all of that. You know, get Cade breakfast, get him out the door. You make it easy for me. And then I work out and I take Scout for a walk and then I go on to my day. You forgot that you wake me up. Oh, yeah. I tend to wake Hobie up around 630 every morning when he's home. Yeah. Not good at waking up without you. No. All right. Next question. What's the biggest mistake you have made in your business or the single best thing you have ever done in your business? Oh, my gosh. That's a good one, huh? So the biggest mistake or the best thing I've ever done? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Which, which comes to your mind first? The best thing I think I've ever done is to say that I want to create online training programs. I don't want to have clients. I want to get rid of doing social media for other people. And I just want an online course business model. That's the best thing. And the funny thing is I was talking to a friend today and she does masterminds. And I'm always thinking like, oh, she does this or he does this. Maybe I should be doing that. And then and one day I might, but I always come back to, but I really love my business model and it really works well for me. So I keep it. Yeah, that was pretty good. I remember when you were making that transition. Oh, that was a big deal. It was big. Giving up on set income. Yes. To go after just what you wanted to do. So I'm proud of you. Thanks, Faves. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Next question. How do you manage not to respond on negative comments? Example, Facebook ad with webinar link. Please share that with us because I don't look at your comments because I can't not do it. Yeah. Okay. So Hobie's terrible guys. Just so you know, on Facebook, he has to jump into the conversations that I tell him do not jump into like the personal ones or the firefighter union ones or anything like that. So for me, I never engage. Now, if it's something that is broken and I need to apologize and say, let's, we're going to fix it. I'll jump in every, every day. But if someone's just saying something negative and nasty about me, one, I rarely see it. I don't even look for that stuff. And number two, if my team sees it, they don't alert me. There's no need for me to know. And three, I always just say that's more about them than it is about me. So it never even enters my mind to look for negative comments about me. God, you're so much more positive than I am. <laughs> you like a good fight, That's though. my work, good team. <laughs> Keep it all grounded. All right, next question. Does Amy share the blanket, Toby, or is she a covers hog? Inquiring minds need to know. <laughs> Wait, we are not saying people's names. We're forgetting to say their names. No, that's Nicole. Okay, Nicole. Um, that's a funny one. So go that's ahead, Hobie. Funny one. That's an easy question. <laughs> My nickname for Amy with the blankets is the alligator because she grabs it and rolls until she is wrapped around it and I have nothing on, my, on the entire bed. Sometimes in the middle of the night, I wake up and he's literally laying there with no covers whatsoever. And I literally have to cover him up because I've taken all of them. Freezing. Yeah. Warm <laughs> oh, with, warm life's with, so hard. Warm with love, but freezing. <laughs> all right. Next question. Okay. What would be the best, most challenging part of swapping jobs for 24 hours? This is from Eric. Oh, you and I swapping jobs? Oh my gosh, Eric. This is such a good one. So the question was like the most challenging. 
part of it. What would be the best and most challenging part of swapping jobs for 24 hours? Okay. The most challenging would be all the physical stuff you do. So Hobie told me a story. He came home from the fire station the other day and he literally had to wrestle like a huge giant to the ground because he was getting unruly. And so that kind of stuff I could never, ever, ever do. Like the hero physical stuff can't do and would never want to do. Even if I was in shape like you, I couldn't do that. But I think the the most rewarding part and the most exciting part to me would be the part that you get to help people every day. Like that's pretty cool that you you, you do save lives every day. Sometimes Hobie leaves the house and I say, all right, babe, don't be a hero today. Cause he'd be like the first one to jump into the fire or go help someone. And I say, don't be a hero today. And what do you say? I say, that's my job. That's my job. So <laughs> I don't want him to be a hero cause I don't want him to get hurt. Okay, so how about you? I think that the most challenging part, I would have to have Chloe with me even more than <laughs> you have Chloe with you because to say I am technologically challenged would be the understatement of the year. Very true. You would need you would need Chloe for sure. I barely am up to the email phase of technology. <laughs> so. I try not to tease you too much about that. Can we tell the story? Please let Go me ahead, tell the tell story. story. <laughs> okay, you guys, I have to tell you something really quick. I know it's going to be more funny if you were in it and now you're hearing it. It's not going to be as funny. But the other night, Hobie was at the fire station and he was texting me. And I wasn't texting. Okay, he wasn't texting me. I called Hobie and he didn't answer the phone. And what he didn't know is he accidentally hit a button. And you know, on an iPhone, you hit a button and you can send an auto message. And the auto message was, can I call you later? He didn't know he sent that to me. So I looked down at my phone and I get this message that said, can I call you later? And then I get another message that says, sure. And I said, did you just answer your own text? You were confused. Yeah, I couldn't figure out exactly how that happened because I didn't touch my phone other than to take it out of my pocket. And you said, did you answer your own question? So I went back and looked at it and I saw that it was in blue, meaning I sent it myself. And I'm like, how did you just do that? I laughed so hard. I laughed. It was the kind of laugh that no one was around and I was still laughing. But yeah, yeah you you sent yourself a text and you answered it. Good thing you said, sure. See, that's Good thing more technology than I can handle. I know, babe. Now, I know. The best part of doing oh, your job yeah. is that when we get to meet people and they talk about how you change their lives, you mm. change their business. When I hear people look at you and genuinely say that you change their lives by helping them do their business and how much you give, that's pretty touching. Mm, so, that's sweet. That was a good one. Amazing. Thanks, All babes. Right, next question. Yes. How has being a woman played to your advantage or disadvantage in growing your business? Oh, oh yeah. wow. You're not pulling any of the uh, stops, uh, huh? What is this person's name? Amber. Amber. Okay. So a disadvantage is that being an internet marketer, I still believe is a boys club. Would you agree? It feels like a boys club to me. There's definitely more, more boys. Yes. Okay. So because it feels like a boys club, sometimes I feel that I need to play in that energy, like that masculine energy, go, 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 hustle, 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 no tears kind of thing. And we both know I'm a crier. So That's all right. I'm an easy crier. So 
I, sometimes I feel like I have to be stronger or more masculine than comes natural to me. So that would be a disadvantage. The advantage of being a woman is I feel like women have superpowers that you boys don't have. That's true. Yes. So I feel like we can show up in a different way that can instantly connect with somebody or allows us to make that connection in a way that is incredibly powerful and genuine that we need to kind of take advantage of that more. Not saying that men can't do that, but I do think it comes naturally to more women than men, like those instant connections. I get you, I see where you're at and I can help you kind of thing. So I feel like that's our superpower. I agree. And I hope that didn't sound sexist. I do want to preface that with some men can do that too. <laughs> okay. That's okay. good. I like that. I'm a man. I'm not offended. Okay. All right. Next. Do you like when I touch your leg when yes, we sit here awesome. like this? It makes it such a better interview. <laughs> it makes my legs stop moving too. All right. Next question. What family routines or rituals keep your family or marriage happy? Family routines or rituals. Oh, do you, can you answer yeah, this one? I can think what? Of the first one. We what? gotta have our cup of coffee together in the morning. We do. We have a cup of coffee together every morning and we have a unique situation where just so everyone understands kind of like how it works over here. Hobie goes to the fire station at 630 in the morning. He comes home the next day at around 830 in the morning. And so when he comes home around 830, I try to kind of plan my day to be able to stop and even just do 20 minutes together so that we can sit and drink our coffee together. And then the regular mornings that you're here, we'll do it at 630 in the morning if we get up with Kate and all that good stuff. But yeah, we do. I didn't, I took that for granted. I forgot that that's like a thing we do every morning, huh? And then the other thing that I don't think everybody does. I don't know what you're even going to say. go to bed. Keep it appropriate. go to bed together. It's not important to these people what we're doing in bed. But we go to bed together every night. We do. Okay, that night. that's a good one. So basically, around ten o'clock at night, we somewhere around there, we are earlier. But let's pretend that doesn't <laughs> happen. We go to bed together every night. I can't sleep without Hobie, and I have to sleep without him every other night. So we never want to take that for granted. We don't get every night together. So yeah, no matter what, we are always going to bed together at the same time, which I love because I do know some couples that someone will go to bed at 10. The other one stays up till 1 a.m. And I love that connection of just always being together in that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And of course, guess who goes to bed with us? Scout. And sleeps at my head. Yeah, so us. we're having an issue right now. We need Scout to get off the bed sometimes, but he doesn't want to. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. All right, next question. <laughs> no more about Gus's or Scout's intimacy. Oh, is that your phone, babe? Yeah. Babe, if, if you can, when you do a podcast, I understand, I understand. you've got to turn off your Normally, phone. I never have it on. What are you, an amateur yes, at this? Yes, come on. This isn't my first podcast. <laughs> All right, next question. If you could only do one thing differently when you first started your business, what would it be? If I could do one thing differently. Just one. When I first started my business, I would. mm. That's tough because everything led to something. I know. That's so true. Like if you change one thing, maybe we wouldn't be sitting here today Mm -hmm. talking about our 20 questions. You know, this is such a cliche, but it comes back to list building. I wish I grew my list faster and was more intentional and took me two years to say, I'm going to sit down and make list building a thing every single day in my business. But I didn't for two years. So if I, I always say, if I could go back, that's the one thing I would change. Mm. I'd also go back and tell myself that I don't have to take it so seriously. 
I don't have to kill myself every single day to make this business work. And I would also tell myself that how your business looks today will look dramatically different years from now. So continue to make decisions, but don't think everything's set in stone. And I say that, to, you don't know this, but I say that to my students as well. Yeah. That one's tough though, because you can't really go back. Yeah. So let's keep moving That'd forward. Cheating, but that was a great answer. All right. Next question. 20 seconds of courage. Can you share a moment in your biz when you had to call in true courage and it became a pivotal moment for you? Oh, my goodness. Mm. Good question, Jan. When I had to call in true courage. So you guys don't know this, but Chloe's in here with us doing this interview. Can you think of anything, Chloe? Like where I had to call in true courage. That's a hard one. Chloe, why don't you say hi to everyone? Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> Chloe's doing a little video so we could use it on social media. Okay, so let's see here. A moment I had to call in true courage. I mean, there's so many times that I'm nervous to make decisions and to do things, but okay, this is going to sound kind of silly, but it was a very big deal to me. This is going to sound super nerdy to most people, but there was a moment where I had Facebook Marketing Profit Lab and it was making us tons of money. It was doing really well. And my first big step in that was that I wanted to change it to Facebook Marketing Profit Lab to just the Profit Lab. I wanted to take off Facebook, and that sounds so silly, but I didn't want to be known for Facebook anymore. I wanted to expand my business and be known for more things. I was getting burned out with just one topic. So we made the leap to take off Facebook Marketing and sell the program as the Profit Lab, and I was afraid that next launch sales would totally decline. Looking back now, I think I'd put way too much weight to it. And looking back, it wasn't as big of a deal as I thought. But in the moment, I was scared I would lose my audience. So that was a big one for me. The second one was this year, just literally weeks ago, I spoke at Social Media Marketing World. I don't think I told you this whole story, Hobie, but I spoke at Social Media Marketing World. And the topic was how to do video when you don't like doing video at all. And you know me and you know, we've talked many times about my weight and my sensitivity around my weight and being on video. And so at Social Media Marketing World, I got up there and talked about that to an audience live on stage where they could see me, which is very vulnerable. I can't hide the weight. So they could see me and I was talking about, I don't like to do video because of the way I look. And then I talked talked about all these insecurities around it. And then I, of course, talked about, but I still do it anyway. And so I did that on my podcast, as you know, but to be in front of people standing there where they could see me and I talked about it, that took more than all the courage I've ever had. And I literally was sweating so much. I came off stage and I thought I had been standing in the sun for 20 hours, but I did it. So I forgot that was probably that one story was better than the first. And they told you what I tell you every day. That you're, gonna, you're smoking hot. You're going to say, let's just hot. stop and move on. Smoking hot. I will tell you that you guys, when I call Hobie, Hobie's very romantic. And when I call him, he will answer the phone and probably nine times out of 10, this is how he answers. Yes, you are a smoking babe. Yes, I love you. What do you want? That's how you answer the phone every single time. All right. Moving on. Next question. If you look at your business five years, 10 years, and 15 years from now, what does it look like? Are your long-term goals carefully mapped out and planned, or are there massive leaps that can't even enter your short-term thinking? 
massive leaps that cannot even enter my short-term thinking. I only think about the year I'm in right now. I'm not a huge planner beyond this year. And you could see that as a good thing or a bad thing, but I really am trying to stay present and work on the things that are right in front of us because it's very overwhelming for me to think about things in front of me. I've got big dreams and big hopes for our business, for our family, for my team, but I don't even solidify those. But let's be clear. That year that you're talking about is planned out to the second. <laughs> that so is true. I, I didn't want it to come across as you fly by the seat of your uh, pants never. because you are one of the most planned people I have ever a known. A little bit to a fault. You're right. So there's a lot of planning that goes into the here and now and this year. Yes. And my audience knows that because... I share my planning process with them and they know kind of what that looks like. And they know that I plan for every podcast episode, which is why this one feels very awkward to me. I will tell you like Hobie and I sitting here together, he has a piece of paper that he will not stop shuffling. And I don't know the questions on it. Like I keep thinking, are people really going to like this? This is way too off the cuff. I didn't even do a proper intro. These are things I think in my head. That they could just see the pantry and see all the organization. <laughs> I got a good pantry guys. All right, next question. What makes your marriage with Hobie super special? That is not a question. That's a You're question, just... Emily. Emily, what makes my marriage with Hobie extra special? How could I special? not put that in there? Okay, so I'm going to give you guys, some of you already know this. This is a repeat, but I have a point to say in this. So I met Hobie when I was still working at Tony Robbins, and he hates when I tell this story. Did we tell this story already when you were on the show before? Maybe a little bit, but you're I know. kind of going into the next question. Oh, what's okay. Well, what makes your marriage with Hobie super special? Okay, so Hobie doesn't want me to talk about that story. We're going to scratch that, and we're going to come back to it, I guess. What makes it extra special is we genuinely like each other and respect each other. Like, I think he is the coolest, funniest, sexiest guy in the whole world. I feel like I feel bad for some people because I think I've got like the best husband in the world. And I feel I feel guilty that I took him from everybody. That's what I think in my head. <laughs> We're going to have to pause this. <laughs> Stop it. That's so inappropriate. When the Sorry. when the video, I mean, when the audio came on, I said, do not say anything inappropriate That's because be yes. So I do feel like the luckiest girl in the world. I say it all the time. My, my mom knows I've been through a lot of frogs to get to Hobie. And so she always reminds me like, he's exactly what you were looking for. And I was 30 when we met. So I feel like I waited a long time for you. So what do you love most about me? <laughs> well, me, it's your heart. Oh, thanks, babe. I watch you with different people. I think back to an episode where you had come to visit me. And I, at the time I was living in a not so nice part of town. Yeah. And you actually stopped your car at a red light while <laughs> I was running, got out of your car with the door open and helped a guy in a wheelchair across the street. Now you should not have done that because <laughs> that particular intersection, it's a miracle. Someone didn't drive off with your car or you didn't get mugged. But I thought to myself right there, that might be one of the most caring human beings I've ever met. Oh, that's And sweet. you're hot. Like, oh, thanks. It. So that was pretty easy, too. Thanks. So, And it's been unbelievably fun to actually watch you grow from the things that used to scare you, hiding in the closet, to you dragging anything out and facing it full frontal. So It is fun that you've been with me since the very beginning, so you've seen the transition. So that's Transformation. Special. Good question, Emily. Next question. 
how did you and Hobie meet? Oh. And why do you think you connected so well? And then the plot twist is Hobie has to tell the story from his perspective. Then you have to tell the story from your perspective before listening to Hobie's answer, which isn't going to be possible. What a plot twist. Who asked this question? Lauren from England. Okay, so Lauren... I think we talked about this, so please forgive me, guys. That's so annoying if you have to hear the story twice. But really fast, because we're going to make this episode short. Okay. How did we meet? <laughs> Cade's mom, my ex-wife, actually introduced us. You two were friends at-, at work, and you were friends before we had split up. Then we had split up, and uh, quite some time later, just to be clear so that nobody's <laughs> yes. thinking anything weird happened, because nothing weird did happen. It was quite a while later that Tracy had asked me if I would be interested in meeting someone because she said that she has a friend that she thinks would be perfect for me. So that's kind of how you and I met. And it was from first conversation, it was no question that that was who I was supposed to be with. This episode's making me fall in love with you all over again. Yeah. So that's exactly how I tell the story, except for I add that the reason Tracy said I have someone that you should meet is because I would go into her office. Little did I know they were separating at the time. And I'd say, your husband is so hot. She had a picture of you from his modeling days, guys. He's not okay with me saying that. This was way back when. And uh, she had a picture and I'd say, your husband was, is so hot. And so then when they got a divorce and she'd always get in my car and I'd listen to country music and she does not like country music. And she'd say, you remind me of my husband. So the mute, you didn't know that one, the music no. one, she always thought we'd like each other, hit it off because of that. So anyway, yeah, she set us up and literally the rest is history. We have been dating ever since we dated for two years and then we got married. Yeah. It took a year before I would tell any friend that that's how we met. <laughs> I That's so weird for Hobie. That's weird. My ex-wife set us up for me. I'm just like my really good friend set us up. So it's perfect. Tracy's a huge part of our life. She lives five minutes from here. I always say Kate is my son because I love him as though he were my own, but he is my stepson and he's been in my life since he was four. He's your son. Yeah. All right. Next question. How long did it take you to feel like you finally made it in your business or at least like you had it together? And were there ever any times before that point where you felt like completely throwing in the towel? Oh, many times, many times. The first two years, every time I thought I'd have to go back to my corporate job and I'd worried like, would they take me back kind of thing? I didn't think I was cut out for this. I never, ever even dreamed about being an entrepreneur. It wasn't on my radar. When we got married, never did I tell you like, one day I'd like to be an entrepreneur. Like never. I thought I'd be in corporate the rest of my life. And then I got that entrepreneurial bug. So the first two years, I hated the business I created as a consultant miserable. It just was not for me. And I kept thinking this is not going to work. So, and many times did you have to kind of like pick me up off the ground and say, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. There's many pep talks, huh? Yeah. Those first two years were pretty rough. And then the turning point for me is I did launch two products that didn't do so well. Like I launched them on my own. And then I launched a program called FB Influence. I launched it with Lewis Howes and Sean Malarkey. And that was a success. And I learned the ropes a little bit more through them and then was able to do it on my own. So the first time I did it on my own after that, I launched a product. It was the ads program that made me think, okay, wait, I can do this. So I knew you could do it from jump. Thanks, babes. Next question. I could really use some advice on handling laundry while you're working from home. 
Does somebody else do that for you or do you just work around? <laughs> okay, it? he Thanks. chose this one, you guys. <laughs> you, did you, first of all, did you make this question <laughs> I, up? No. Who is no. asking this? I think it's Ina. Okay, Ina, he chose this one, my friend, because he wanted to let you all know that- She's never done laundry. <laughs> that is a lie. Or dishes. But yes, he does the laundry and he does the dishes. So that is the truth. I didn't but ask the question. Do you want a pat on the back? <laughs> No. Jeez, moving on. Well, she just wanted to know how you handled uh -huh. it. I thought it would be important uh -huh. for you to tell her. I don't do it. That's the truth. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Next question. How do you balance giving personal attention to your clients while still trying to automate your business and not be too involved? I balance it by doing Facebook lives. So that's a great question. I have a Facebook group called Insiders Club. And it's for all of my students from all three programs. And once a week for one hour, I do a live Q&A. And we have a community manager that helps people in the group when I'm not in there. And because my programs are automated, I want them to see my face. I want them to hear me. I want them to know my heart, know that I care. And so I do make it a commitment to get in that group. And an hour-long Q&A every week get, can get a little bit overwhelming because you're just answering questions, answering questions. But it also reminds me of where my students are, what they need from me. And it makes me feel like I am part of their journey, even though the program isn't necessarily a live experience. So that's how I do it. It's pretty good. And time out. I wish I could do more. I do feel guilty. I do feel like, gosh, I wish I could be more in the group or, or do more one-on-one -on -one sessions. And then I just realized that's not my personality nor my bandwidth. So you got to be clear about what works for you as well. So, but I have the guilt sometimes. Well, your family's happy that you have the guilt. <laughs> keeps you out of it too much. True. All right. Last question. If you were just getting started in social media, what are the three top platforms you would focus on building an audience? Hobie, why don't you answer this question? What would your answer be? <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, when he was putting together these questions, I really genuinely could not see them. He didn't let me see anything. But out of nowhere, he goes, so what is IG? People are writing IG. Like, that's Instagram, <laughs> babe. He does not have Instagram. <laughs> Chloe's laughing right now. So the three platforms... I think would be YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. If I was starting over and those were, if I could only do three social platforms, for sure, I think the video is huge on YouTube. I think Facebook, that is where most people are spending their time and video is huge there as well. And I love Instagram. I think it's more personal than any of the three platforms. I'm starting to do more DMing with all of you, which is really fun. And I love Insta stories because they're only 15 seconds. And for a girl that doesn't love video, I can do 15 seconds. I've heard of all of that except for DMing. DM, do, what do you think that means? DM. You don't want me to say that on here. Come on. Damn man. D damn man. Yeah, that's what it means. Mm -hmm. That really makes sense. It means direct messaging. Oh, yeah, of course. So we have reached the end of our 20 questions. And I want to thank all of you for sending in questions. Hobie said there were a lot of them. So if you like this episode and you want more of it, you got to let us know. Yeah, that was very hard to choose this down to 20. Because honestly, if you didn't get your question asked, I bet you anything, it was on my list of ones. It was, took me a long time to narrow this It down. did. And he kept laughing when he was reading all the questions. There is one question I just realized that you didn't ask me, but I don't remember the exact, like the, I, I just, remember it. okay. First of all, tell everyone who it's from. It's from this army guy named John Lee Dumas. <laughs> and it was an instigating question that said, if you could choose to have the Pittsburgh Steelers win a Super Bowl or win 
a Tesla in a affiliate affiliate marketing uh, contest. Contest. Which would it be? And that's terrible. That's something that only someone in the army would say to somebody in the Navy. Yeah, obviously someone was in the Navy. John Lee Dumas, you crack me up. Obviously, the Don't ever ask Tesla. <laughs> I'll tell you guys one more story before we wrap up. And that is Hobie's very not Hobie's not in love with this question. One, because he is a diehard Steelers fan. Like he bleeds black and gold. Man, I'm not a fan. That's family. Oh, sorry, guys. He, those are his family. So yeah, Hobie's from the Pittsburgh area. But what I will tell you is when we got married, there was a guy on the Pittsburgh Steelers. His name was Travis Kershke, and he went to my high school in Yorba Linda, where I grew up in Orange County, California area. And so when Hobie heard this, he was very excited. <laughs> and I got my first custom Steelers jersey with a last name Kershke on the, yep, on the back of it. Jersey. And so I wore this like a devoted fan while we dated. And then she pretended to be a Steeler <laughs> fan and to love football. I watched every game with you. She I put was her loyal. Jersey on with Kate and I every, every Sunday. Sunday. And then we got married and I stopped wearing the jersey. She, you just out and out came right to me and said, listen, I'm just going to be honest now that we're married. I'm not really a big football fan. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. He literally looked like he was devastated. I stayed in a hotel for like three <laughs> He's a liar. He did not. But anyway, I do not suggest that dating advice. Let's not trick our men, but I apologize publicly for doing that. All right. Okay. But it still stings a little. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so very much for being here. Hobie, that was a lot of fun. Hey, I love you dearly. Me. I love you on the show. It's always so much fun. And I can't wait till you come back again. Okay. Thanks, guys, for being here, and I will see you again next week. Bye for now. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com. 